welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to another episode of I Am Divine. I am super excited about today's podcast because we are going to have an amazing conversation with my friend, my partner in crime, Paula. I know we talked about this when we first started the podcast, but we kind of wanted to have this conversation where let's kind of look at the growth that has happened with you in the last year as well. Always so excited to be here. I always love talking to you, Kim. I love how you say partner in crime because that's a term that I usually use too. The term I use is my psychic sidekick. I love it. So we both have been on such an amazing journey, this journey that has brought us together. But I was hoping you'd be able to just kind of refresh the audience with what's your story? Tell us your journey. Because I find it fascinating. <laughs> I think we've said this before. We can learn so much through other people's journeys. And I think a big part of that is understanding that we're never alone. You know, I started this path originally as an empath. And I used to get physically ill. So I was living in Calgary. So I used to have to take the, we call it the LRT, the train. So being around so many people jumping on the train and things. And I'm an empath that I feel people's emotions, but I also feel people's pain, physical pain in the body. So when I started opening up, a big part of it was I started to get sick all the time. I was picking up people's stuff, not understanding what I was doing. And I thought, you know, what's wrong with me? And it was funny because even with work, I'm, I was getting kind of reprimanded from my boss. You know, you're being sick all the time. You, you, you can't do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I struggled with that. And I always felt outside. I didn't know where I belonged you know, I think some of us, we are, you know, star seeds to a degree. So this doesn't always feel like home. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to connect with a psychic. She was actually did interview on the radio, just like yourself. And she used to answer email questions and then they would record it and put it through. Yeah. And I had put one in and she reached out to me to say like, Hey, did you hear your question? Did you hear the answer that I gave you? Do you remember your question? I don't. You know, oh. this was back in my early 20s, you know, a while ago. I don't remember, but she reached out. And what I did is after that, I actually booked a one-on-one -on -one session with her. Mm -hmm. And in this one-on-one -on -one session, she really helped me understand who I was and what was going on. I mean, I've always been interested in spirituality, metaphysics. I was always interested in ghosts and spirits and UFOs and stuff like that. So I used to research it all the time anyway. Yeah. But she was able to tell me things that nobody knew. You know, mm -hmm. so for me, that was the clincher to go, oh, you know, this person knows what they're they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I actually mentored her under her for quite a while. 
where I took some of her courses. She was training us on something called the Michael Group, which eventually I'd love to bring in as a podcast as well, and even possibly a course. But it gets yeah. into what your soul type is. Are you an old soul? Are you a young soul? And they have, I guess you can say archetypes as well. So I learned all that type of stuff and I worked with her for a while and I actually worked with her as a ground. I would sit next to her when she read uh -huh. and would help her hold space, hold energy. Oh, wow. And she channeled with boards. So that was my first kind of take on seeing somebody using a board for connection with higher beings. Yes. And, you know, I'd always use boards before I was a natural, but as they say, you know, oh, they're Ouija, they're scary, they're evil, you know. And yep. to be very honest, at the time when I was 19, I used a board and I had the ability to connect with something that was causing issues to other people around me. Oh, wow. Had to kind of help me get rid of. I didn't recognize, again, young, right? Mm -hmm. And so I didn't touch him for the longest time. But when I saw this method of this psychic reaching out and communicating with her guides through this tool, you know, and I already knew that I was kind of good at it. I kind of went, oh, I want to learn this. This is so neat. Yeah. That was kind of the the push as far as a starting point, like an official starting point. And as we talk about other people's journeys too, there was still a trauma. I was, you know, in a relationship. I'd been with them for eight years. I got married and the marriage only lasted a year. It was like when I got married, it was now you're my possession. And he tried to, again, I allowed it. I take responsibility for it, but you know, I don't want you around your family so much. I don't want you around friends. So I became very alienated from friends and family and even work. I was being accused of sleeping with my boss because I had to go away to travel mm -hmm. and all these things. And it just became shoving, pushing, anger, you know, being called down to the dirt. And it took me a long time to be able to go, hmm, I don't want to bring kids into this. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be my life. And so I made a decision to step out, but it took me a long time to do it. So there was abuse mm -hmm. that was going on there. And oh, wow. that became a catalyst. I think my limiting belief of I'm not worthy, it was playing right into it, yeah. you know, so I didn't feel I was worthy of things. And I think sometimes it is, I just wanted to be loved. And I think sometimes we will accept things that are not good for us simply because we don't want to be alone and because mm -hmm. we want to feel like we are loved. So it was a huge awakening on so many different fronts. Were you being mentored during this time that you were in your marriage and that mentorship and that connection with spirit helped give you the wisdom and get to that point where you're like, I deserve better or are they kind of separate? I had kind of already stepped out of the marriage at that hmm. point, but I think that was the catalyst of waking up. I wasn't using boards then. I was, you know, just trying to, you know, learn and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But there was a point that I heard my guides loud and clear. And when I stepped out of the marriage, I was very angry and I put all the blame on him. And that's when I heard, take responsibility for yourself. You allowed it. And that pissed me off even more. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. I didn't make him do that or something else. Yeah. It was almost like a slap in the face. And that's when I started to recognize when we come back to that essence of creation and manifesting that I was really creating that because I didn't value myself. I wasn't able to see who I was and I allowed it to go on. So it became a spiritual journey of me trying to heal myself to see myself in a better place. Don't get me wrong. You know, later, 20 years later, I can see I still had a hell of a lot of work to do. But yeah. at that time, it was enough to help me get out of it. But that's part of the journey is that there's always work to do. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? There's always work to do. But 
I definitely agree there's always work to do, but I think having the ability to move the blinders back so that mm -hmm. you can really see what's there versus, no, I got this together. You know, we, we sometimes choose not to look into those dark corners yeah. and yet it is some of the most hard can be, mm -hmm. doesn't have to be, but it is also the most rewarding work that you will ever do is to go into that darkness and to shine the light and re release and remove what's there that doesn't need to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's so it's powerful, so right? For me to, you know, have this mentor that helped me, you know, use boards and everything else. And we know when we're ready to advance or move, the teacher will be provided. We okay. learn what we need to learn and then we will have another teacher step forward. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. That's fascinating, right? And it was interesting, actually, because at the time I started doing readings and I was living in Alberta. My sister was living in BC and she had opened a metaphysical store. So I didn't know she had opened the store. She didn't know what I was doing. And so that was kind of my first getting out more professional is I would go up to her place on long weekends and I would do readings. Oh, I love that. It was about an eight hour drive for me. Yeah. So that was my first introduction to, you know, really stepping out of the shadows, because I think that was one of the scariest things to do. I was worried, again, judgment of other people. It was mm -hmm. hide, you know, I can't tell what I do. Someone might think I'm crazy. Yeah. Say, when you said judgment of other people, I instantly went to the story you've told me before about when you opened your store in your hometown now. If you want to remind people of that story, because that's a good one. Yeah. When I first opened my stores in St. John, and I used to work at six days a week, but then I wanted to move it closer to home. And I live in a community that is very religious, which again, I, I respect that everybody has their own path to walk. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to move my store closer to home and I put signs up and trying to get the inside ready to move the store. And even before I moved in, I found out that there was a religious body just down the street and they came down and they were putting hands on the building, praying that I wouldn't come. I would watch them outside of my store and I'd see them sitting in the parking lot, windows down. And, and one time I saw someone with two hands out the window and I knew what they were doing. They're praying. Yeah. And the, the human part of me wants to go, if you will, very, very, um, <laughs> how do I say, basically, fuck off and get out of my space. Yeah. Yeah. The guide stepped in and they said, recognize that you're coming from the same place when you do that. That's the energy of fear and lower. Oh, and yes. Same thing. And so what I actually did is I went to the window of my door and I looked outside and they saw me and I smiled and I waved at them and I got a dirty look and then they drove away, you know. <laughs> The old saying, killing with kindness. But yeah, it's it's hard because I think in some ways we're human. We just want to retaliate. And yet yeah. we've got these teachings that we're feeding the same thing. So I'm, I'm very grateful that the guide said that to me. So that gave me another opportunity to work through that stuff a little bit and, and not get stuck in the judgment mm -hmm. I'd have in the churches, you know, don't go into the devil's store. <laughs> and I'd hear this from people that came in, you know, that were mm -hmm. telling me things that were going on again, hearsay, but some of it I did see. So that makes it challenging in some ways too. I had to have the courage to just stand up and this is who and what I am. If you mm -hmm. don't fit, that's fine. I'm not here for you. I'm here for those that need the assistance. Do you think that because of that uh, circumstance or experience, do you think that that has pushed you even more into stepping into the teacher role? Because now it's like, because I mean, you guys were, they're praying to the same God that you, you pray to as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, right. it's, it's all one, but do you think that this has kind of sparked a fire within you to be like, I want to not only accept where you are on your journey, but teach about how it is all one and, and all of that. Yeah, I think that was another definite catalyst. There was actually another one that was similar prior to when I was working at my sister's store. 
because I ended mm-hmm. up moving out there and working with her. Um, and I just, I'll share this really, really quick. Yeah. She get her storefront and her store was supporting her son's soccer team. Mm-hmm. It was contributing funds towards it. And the community had issues. They didn't want her to do that. They wouldn't let her put her logo on their shirts and things like that. Wow. And um, she went to a neighboring community and there was a story done about the situation that she was told that she could support the standings, you know, the points in the newspaper, but that's uh-huh. it because oh. they didn't like her store or what she did. So moving forward, she went to the neighboring community, did an article, got put in the newspaper. And then the community that she lived in, the newspaper office was right next door to the store. He actually came in and just started screaming at her. I happened to be to walk in at the time when he's screaming and he's, you know, how dare you bring your shit into my paper? You know, stuff like this. Oh, your shit. Just getting Mm -hmm. very nasty. And I walked in and I told my sister to go outside and the guides just started giving me actual scripture, which was very interesting. So he was saying stuff and I was coming back with, with scripture right back at him, right? That's amazing. And then he looked at me at one point and says, well, you seem highly intelligent. And I'm like, I'm thinking you know no fuck really you know yeah yeah um but from that point it was like a big fight between her and the soccer community because of it moving forward I think it was the next year a lot of the soccer board my sister wound up getting on the board oh good for her and pushing pushing the envelope I guess in some ways and Mm -hmm. then there were certain other individuals that left the board because she was in it oh wow here was another example of you know, people not understanding, which I get, like I said, everybody has their path, but treating somebody with disrespect, we teach so much about love and compassion and not to judge. Mm-hmm. It's it's right there, you know? So yeah. I think when we can come back and live from those principles and not just from the perspective of pointing a finger out. So there was many kind of catalysts that really kind of made me look at, am I going to continue to hide or am I going to stand out in whom what I am and be confident with that? Knowing, knowing that not everyone's going to get it. And there's going to be people that are going to try and put you down because of it. Mm-hmm. So it took me that. a long time to come into that confidence to go, mm, nope. And I work from home. So, you know, I would literally with my store too, people would come and park behind so other people couldn't see their car sitting in the parking lot because they were afraid of being judged for being in my store. So fascinating. Do you know what I mean? Like crazy. I know when I first started to with mediumship is like, I was afraid to say I was a medium. It's like, it was, it, I don't, it was, I don't know. There's that stigma. Thank you. That's the one I'm looking for, which is such a shame because it's such a beautiful thing. Like it really opens people up and for people to have to hide. I think now it's a little bit different. I think it's more accepted now, but yeah, it's, it's so fascinating to hear stories about that. You find the same thing. It's more acceptable now. It's changed a lot. When I first came out here and opened my store, there wasn't another store around that really did that stuff. So I know that I was a catalyst to start bringing change to the area because I, I literally said to my guides, I'm like, where the heck did you bring me? Because I felt like I'd step back in time. This area was was slower paced than what I was used to. And mm-hmm. the you know people knew Reiki out here, but that was all they kind of knew. Yeah. So I believe, and I'm not saying I was the only one that brought it through because that's not true, but I believe that I helped to make change in yeah. the community you know and really help people step into who they are because I think even with my clients it's one of the things I see that the most I attract empaths Mm -hmm. and so many empaths hide in fear of worrying about what other people think family friends whatever I can't talk about it I can't discuss it well all Mm -hmm. of a sudden with the store we're creating a community and a safe place where people could come and ask questions Mm -hmm. 
you know, and to me, that was the most important thing. And that's, I mean, obviously what we're trying to create here, but that seems to be the push and the, and the teacher aspect is now is time to step out and have, help other people to come into their confidence and understanding of who they are. So they yeah. raise a the term, shine their light and step into it, no matter what anyone else thinks, because it isn't about anybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's hard sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Do you recall on your journey, like uh, a mentor or somebody that gave you like a piece of wisdom that's kind of like pushed you through, like or stuck with you this this whole time? I mean, I think from a physical aspect, my first mentor was a big part of it. I did get involved with the spiritualist church for a while. So I was doing training there. I had another medium that was a mentor. I was actually, you don't see the spiritualist church so much out here, but I was also kind of training with the spiritualist church. So I was doing some stuff from the pulpit. So again, that was another shift. It's like I was always being taken to another level. It was just the trust and the follow through. So I think there was a multitude of different people, depending on where I was in my journey. And to be very honest, my guides became a big part of that. Being able to get channeled information when they were encouraging me and giving me a kick in the ass when I needed it too, because I trusted them. Yeah. I know that the information they were giving me was truth. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I, you know, as strange as it sounds, my guides became a huge aspect when I learned to channel because it's like they were there all the time. So I'm thinking of like people who are coming into like connecting with their guides. It takes practice. So was there something when you say I learned to trust them? What does that mean? Like, how did you do that? For me, again, I started with the boards. So what I used to do, I mean, this is before the internet and all of that stuff was you know, out. <laughs> yes. So I would sit with a notebook and I would channel some stuff and then I would write it down and then I would channel it and I'd write it down. And as I said, that became a huge tool from a couple different aspects. One was I now had information that I had written down, even if I didn't understand it in the moment, I could go back and read it. And then it's like, oh, I can see that this meant that. Yeah. You know, symbolism was a big thing. It's not like you can pick up a book. And I say this to people about dream books too, depending on the book you pick up, it could have a different meaning. Yeah, absolutely. So being able to record my, you know, the symbols. So for me, like when I started, the guides would use a, a phrase, tell someone just to breathe, just breathe. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. Well, we're all breathing. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. And I then recognized later on that when they told me to tell someone to breathe, it represented they were in stress, they were in anxiety. Because when we go into those states, we shallow breathe. We don't breathe appropriately in our body. So yeah. that's a, an example where if I didn't have that written down and, and have it coming up and coming up, yeah, learn what it meant, you know, so that's where the validation came in is having it recorded and using it as a tool that I could go back, but also almost like a legend in a map. I now yeah. have all the symbolism that through practice and use, I begin to understand what the symbols represent, because this can be very personal for the individual, you know, guides will use your own, um, you know, the things, you know, they're using your brain, they're using your thoughts. So the more information that you have, the more words or language and tools that they can use. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That little catalog, right. That's personal exactly. to you. Yeah. I love it. That's so fascinating. Is there anything else in your story that like you want to share? You've accomplished so much. Do you want to tell us about that? Like, tell us about what you have studied. What are some of the catalysts that got you there? Like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I always refer to my toolbox. And I've always looked at it. The more tools that I have in my toolbox, the more ways that I can assist someone. Yeah. I started my, I guess you can say, journey 
officially from a perspective of having a certificate in the wall with yeah. a group called the IMM, which was the International Metaphysical Ministry. And I studied that stuff for probably two years. So I have a bachelor's and master's in what they call metaphysical science in the university. It was all online, but the one that I was studying through was out of Sedona. So again, very high metaphysical, spiritual location. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of the start. I was always interested in past life regression. So I wanted to learn hypnosis. Mm -hmm. What else have I got? Reiki. Well, I mean, Reiki, I think was my number one thing I started with and I started back I think 2002 is when I got my first level Reiki. Wow. And what was interesting is I was gifted every single level. So my mother gave me my first level. One of my friends gave me my second level. And then my third and masters, I was taught by two masters and it was all gifted. Oh, wow. So I think from a, if you will, spiritual psychic perspective, you mm-hmm. know, universal put things in place as much as we can sit back and go, oh, I don't have the money for that. I can't do this because of that. If we truly want it, if we truly want to step into it, we can manifest it. Mm -hmm. So I understood that Reiki was also a big start as far as opening me up because Reiki, you do attunements and you open you up to energy. And as you do Mm -hmm. so, the intuitive side, you know, kicks in as well. Mm -hmm. So Reiki became a big thing. Aromatherapy was another thing because I was always interested in, if you will, natural healing. And it was part of what the guides used to show me with all the chaos that was coming that we had to understand different ways to heal ourselves too outside of just the medical profession. So I'm by no means saying don't go, don't do this, whatever, but yeah. the things can align in conjunction. And yeah. I truly believe that our emotional well-being affects our physical bodies. Absolutely. So to me, I learned at the end of the day, everything that I was learning was just simple little tools that I could help somebody. I didn't see it then, but yeah. after doing the coaching and getting my spiritual coaching certification and the practitioner certification, understanding more of trauma and helping heal people and how it actually affects us in so many ways that we don't recognize it. It was kind of like, oh, now I see moving forward into that teacher, into that coach, into that being that assistant, that mm-hmm. now I have all these little things that I can bring in and help somebody. Yeah. That process, because there's that teacher stepping up. I never used to see myself as a teacher. I used to see, well, you don't know enough. You don't know enough. I can't believe you would say that about yourself. (laughs) Well, and that's just it. I think we can be very hard on ourselves. Yeah. And now that I've done some of the trauma work, I can look back and say, you know what? I've got 30 plus years studying different things. So, you know what? I do have some knowledge and seeing the changes that are happening and and so many people that are in chaos and feeling lost and stuck, you know, they had been giving me a kick in the pants even when I had the store five years ago saying, hey, we want you to teach training. We need need you this work, but I always kept putting it off because I think a part of me felt like I wasn't good enough. Yep. So there was that work that had to be done. Uh-huh. As we know, we always still work through those situations, but you know, and, and we know Kim, the spirit brought me to you too. Yes. And I just, I love that because <laughs> I was going to do some training with a mentor that you were training with for a while. Yep. Yep. And so I saw you as someone who had done the training. So I was scoping you out. Who's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> this girl? She's another psychic. Because yeah. we know that some psychics can mesh and other ones it becomes a competition. Yeah, there's a lot of ego. Right. Yeah. And so that's I think when I reached out to you asking you questions about this mentor. And then you told me yeah. about this other training with society. Yeah. And so that was kind of what got me hooked into there. And then once I kind of got in there, that's when, you know, we kind of talked about, but we weren't really connected per se. No. No, I think every couple months I'd like reach out to you just to be like, hey, how's it going? You know, are you enjoying it kind of thing? Right. But, you know, we, we hadn't really connected in that sense. And then right. 
we got put into Working. one of our trainings together yeah. <laughs> and we got put in for like, I think it was six months. Was, I don't know if it was six months or a year. It was originally going to be, I think, the the three or the six months, but we kept getting put together. Yes. Yeah. Time frame. So I think we were together for a year. Yeah. And I remember my guides had said to me, you know, that we would be doing work together. Yeah. And I, and I said, no. And I said that to you. I said, the guide said that we're going to be working together. And you kind of went, no, no, no. And I got it because, like I said, sometimes when different mediums work together, it becomes an ego thing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we don't always connect. Yeah. And I remember the guide said, oh, just step back. That's okay. She'll get it. It'll be all right. You know, and then things just kind of come together. We got to know each other more. And, you yeah. know, I think I, I really do believe we were directed. And oh, I that's agree. where the I am divine came from. It was from us, but it was divinely guided. Oh, a thousand percent. We need to remember who we are because that's how we're going to make changes to our world. Uh -huh. is coming uh -huh. back to our own true divinity no matter what anyone else thinks outside no matter what someone else is judging us by it's coming back and saying I'm creating this because I still need to heal I still need to learn whatever it is and it's it truly did change my outlook on everything it did yeah I think also too we have such different teaching styles like we have the same goals we have the same desire to help and but we have different teaching styles and I think the reason we came together is because that's going to allow us to help even more people yeah do you know what I mean and like you have such a big place in my heart like I just love you I'm like <laughs> you know I feel this you same. know like and it's funny because like we've never met in person like we've yep. we've been friends for over two years now and it's like we've never met but I'm like I consider you one of my closest friends and I just absolutely love you and like we're we're, we're putting it out to the universe that this year we're going to meet. We're going to, we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And we will when things come together. And Kim, what you said is just, you know, I agree so much. We do similar things mm -hmm. and yet our styles are different. Exactly yeah. that you said, what we're bringing to the table, we both have our unique twists or spins, but we have the ability to say, okay, let's bring this from over here and this from over here. So that mm -hmm. when we do create the things that we have plans for in 2024, yeah. you know, that to me, it's so it'll be so much more of an all encompassing types of programs because of the information we're bringing to the table, but the knowledge as well, the experience. Yeah. And I think that plays a big part. I don't come from the woohoo stuff anymore. And I recognize mm -hmm. you don't either, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool to step out of the, I don't say the old and not that it's bad, but everybody's at their own place of learning and I don't have to be stuck in, oh, you're cursed or you're whatever. I mean, yeah we can see the picture above that and understand what it is. And I'd rather teach from that perspective. Absolutely. Together. So yeah, I'm excited. I think it's also fascinating to look at the stepping stones of everything that you have learned and everything you have gone through and how it really does progress you to where you are today. And all those tools that you do have, those are little stepping stones, but now you're able to go and teach people who are just coming into it. Your toolbox is in my eyes, fucking overflowing. <laughs> you have so much, you know, that you're able to offer, but having gone through it yourself and experienced it, it just makes you a better teacher. And I think for you, you have such a beautiful way. You're like a Google without having to look anything up. Like really, like it's like the way you teach, the way you talk and it just flows through you. It grabs people's attentions, like specifically mine. Like I could listen to you talk all day because 
you talk in a way that is understood. It never feels like you're talking down. You never come across like you're better than. It's like you're such a down-to-earth person. And I feel like that's so relatable to so many people. I just appreciate you and I love you. So I'm going to put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate you saying that. I think, you know, what you said, having to go through the experiences, we're not just on the sidelines spouting this shit off. We've had to be in the trenches and go through the same experiences. And so I think having that understanding of what that feels like is important. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had this discussion, Kim, too. I've never looked at myself as being above anyone else. We are all on our own journeys at different levels. And there needs to be respect there. And no matter what level you're at, you know, you're exactly where you need to be. I don't need to be, you know, I'm jealous of this person over here because they do this and and I don't, you know, it's really leaving that behind and just embracing who you really are at the end of the day. That's Mm -hmm. what I had to learn. You know, Mm -hmm. when you talk about all the stepping stones, you know, the store was a big one when I came out here. You know, that was my opportunity to get out in the public, to let people get to know who I am. And then when they told me that I needed to close the store in 2018, I cried. Like I still sell some stuff, obviously, but closed it. I was, I was in tears because I loved it. But Mm -hmm. they said to me, we want you working more with people. Yeah. And that works. So I had to trust them wholeheartedly and hindsight, so to speak, that was just before COVID. So if Mm -hmm. I had also had my storefront, there's probably a good chance I would have lost everything. Yeah. At that point. So again, reasons for everything, even though it was a stepping stone and it was very difficult to let it go. I also had to listen to where I was being guided to. And sometimes that's hard. And and I think that's important. We understand that we're never alone. Yeah. Or that you can trust that inner voice that speaks to you, knowing that it is truth. Mm -hmm. So in order to listen to that inner voice, what do you do? Like, do you have a daily spiritual practice or like, how do you stay in alignment? I think it changes quite frequently too. I mean, we live in a world that is crazy right now. So I think it's it's so very easy to fall into the emotion or the chaos or whatever it is at times. For me as a human, and we've said this too, feel it, experience it, let it go. We have to go through the emotion first. Uh-huh. That's when I'll step back and I'll go into meditation or I'll go for a walk or I'll do other things to go, okay, I need to get my head on straight. I need to be able to step back and say, okay, what is the lesson here? Yeah. So I think those instances help me to bring me back. I mean, I always meditate before clients anyway. So meditation's a part of it. As strange as it sounds, I enjoy cross-stitch too. And I will all of a sudden I'm pick that up as well. And so in the evenings, I'll just be doing my cross-stitch and watching TV. That's relaxing. I'm I'm just not really thinking. It's letting everything else go. You know, I ride and, and that's another thing. You know, so I think it's important. We know it doesn't have to be this ritualistic, this time, this date, And if that works for you, that's fine. But just finding the things that help you to relax. So for me, it's not necessarily the same thing every day. It's what's speaking to me. What do I feel I need that day? Mm. And just spiritual mind treatments for sure. Prayer. Yeah. Finding myself of what I'm grateful for, declaring and remembering who I am. And and as I said recently with, with the guides and doing readings, they reminded me to bring part of, if you will, my ritual of grounding to the reminder that I am love saying it in my head. So it's kind of like, you know what? I am source. Source is me. I'm a part of everything, you know, and I love this of me. I am love because God is love. Source is love. And as I kind of go through that stuff, talking to myself, even a session, I can feel my whole energy shift. You know, we're always learning. We're always growing. So even, you know, our spiritual mind treatments, our practices to me is what do I need in the moment? Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's listening saying, you know, fuck man, I wish I could feel that. Like when I look in the mirror, all I think is I suck. I hate myself. What would you say to somebody who's like, I wish I could say I love myself or I am love? 
Yeah. And you know, that was something I struggled with years and years and years because I was always heavier set. I had two sisters that were, you know, one's blonde, blue eyes and skinny and everything else. And I always struggled with how I looked. And I think to look in a mirror and say, I love myself when I don't is, you know, I, I didn't believe it. So mm -hmm. I had to start with, I like this about me. I like that about me. It's a tough one. I wish I could say, here's the recipe, just go and do it and it's done. But it starts with you. It starts with, as I said, doing the shadow work, looking inside and really saying, is this who I really am or not? Is this what I've chosen to believe because somebody's told me that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's work that we don't always want to do because we want to be validated outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, the loving of self came more to a place of the work that I've done over the past two years with the coaching, being on the receiving end of the coaching and working through some of my shit, understanding the practices of science of mind and the belief system that now resonates with me where the old system didn't as far as yeah. religious perspective and beginning to step into that. I mean, this is why we were doing this, right? I am divine and understanding, even if I don't like this little bit about myself, you know what? I've chosen to come into this world in this way for a purpose. Uh -huh to have this experience, to learn to love myself. And that became eye-opening. And it was like, no, what can I do for myself? And I had to begin to honor me. Some days mm -hmm. it's easier to do than others. You know, so yeah. I think at the end of the day, the more that you can trust that intuitive guidance, the more you can see who you really are and love yourself through it all. Mm -hmm. you know, I was, like I said, there was a prescription. Here it is. But I think it just comes with time and the reminders. And seeing the beauty of everything that surrounds us, knowing that we are all that. That is the truth of what we are. I think it's too, it's having that choice. It's it like choice. we have the choice of sitting in that lower vibrational energy of I can't and, you know, yeah. all the all the negative. Or it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to take my power back. And I did that for a long time. Yeah, of, we all did. Path, I was, you know, I believe empaths feel emotion 10 times more than a normal person. So we are highly, highly emotional. And I'm a cancer, which makes it... Double whammy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn to be able to move through it and not hold it all the time. But it's taken me a long time to work with that. I just read something um, where they were saying that empaths are actually people who have trauma because they have had to learn how to be highly sensitive to other people's emotions and things like that. Mm -hmm. Would you find that true for yourself? I would agree with that too. And I mean, you can get into aspects. Uh, Doreen Bircher used to do talk about incarnated elementals. So, you know, an angelic uh, angel type being having a human experience. I mean, there's so many different things you can look at. Yeah. It was interesting, Kim. I want to bring this up really quick. I'd love to, I'm going to research it more too. But for some reason, I was looking up eye colors because I oh. have green eyes. And I think it's only like 12 or 13% of the population have green eyes. Yeah, my daughter has green eyes. Right. Yeah. And so I, I thought, what are the metaphysical properties of having green eyes? Mm -hmm. And they say that they are empaths. They're highly yeah. intuitive, you know, also all these aspects. So I found it really interesting, like from a physical perspective, you know, something so simple as green eyes comes yeah. down to a psychic, you know, level. So wow. I found that was really, really neat. For some reason, they brought that to me just maybe a week or two ago. So I started researching it. And I thought, oh, that's cool. It's fascinating. I know another woman who is a psychic and she has green eyes as well. And I know from my daughter's point of view, she is quite intuitive and she's an amazing healer as well. So yeah, I could see truth to that for sure. Yeah. So that was really cool. I think it might be interesting to do something around your eye color and, and what that represents in some cases too. But yeah, yeah that's definitely. what I was researching. 
you know, here it says green eye color is a very obvious indicator of an empath. It's a trait hmm. commonly found in people who are highly sensitive, intuitive, and empathic. And you can have strong connections with the environment and its elements. That's I so mean, there's cool. more to it there, but I, you know, I found it really interesting because again, I'm very sensitive to energies outside. I'm not tuning fork. I can feel everything. But here's the thing too, is that just came to me is people walk through life being like, what is my purpose? I don't know who I am, but there's so many like attributes like that just pointed out, whether it's your eye color, whether it's your human design, there's so many things that are just like the universe being like, I'm giving it to you. What more yeah. do you want? You They're know? showing me like a neon arrow, right? It's so like here, here, here. <laughs> and I think that's really true. But I think it also comes down to, are we in a place that we're ready to see it? Mm, right. Yeah. And I think yeah. that those blinders, I always use the term blinders because you can think of a horse that has blinders. It can only see what's in front of them. It can't see on the sides. And that's where, where we can kind of only see, you know, we come back to values and beliefs and stuff. We're only able to see what our beliefs allow us to see. Yeah. I think that that's part of why it's so important to connect with your intuition is because we have been taught not to where when you're able to come back into it, it's like all those answers there. I apologize. I feel like we're veering off. <laughs> I think it's all connected but... though. I mean, it is a big part of, of what we're teaching and, you know, you know how the guides have been coming through. It's all about self-care and finding ourselves and doing this work. So it doesn't surprise me that we're moving to that place. Yeah. And, you know, as we said, everyone has a story and yeah. normally there is trauma through it because those are the ways that we learn the best. The guide said to me once, if everything was easy, you would never learn. It's only for challenges and adversaries. So mm -hmm. we can be angry in the human perspective, upset, poor me, whatever. But when we can learn to remove those lenses and look at it from a fresh set of eyes and say, what is the lesson for me? Mm -hmm. And to me, this is what all it, it is about. Even through our journeys, we learn a lesson and then we have an opportunity to learn another one by whatever circumstance is going to step forward, whether it's an illness, whether it's a loss, you know, whether it's relation, whatever that is, it's going to be there. So the more that we can learn to understand that these are, as you said, stepping stones in the growth yeah. of who I am, then I think it makes it a little easier to tackle what we need to tackle. Yeah, definitely. That was a beautiful piece of wisdom. Do you have any more wisdom to drop on us? <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it is trust yourself. Yeah. You know, be who you are. Never try and be something that you're not for anybody because that is not the truth of who you are. And I think that's what I did the longest time was seeking validation outside of myself mm -hmm. and needing someone to tell me that I was a good person. You're doing this, you're doing that. And yeah, I know from the essence of who I am that I am. I am the I am, if you will. Yes. And just trusting that because you know what? The other comment my guides say are opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. It's so we can live our lives based on what others perceive of us or wearing the mask of trying to make everybody feel good. Or we yeah. can remove the mask and say, this is who and what I am. I choose now to embrace it, recognizing it's going to institute change, but that I'm ready to do so, knowing that I will always be supported. Yeah grounded and loved through the journey. Beautiful. One quick question before we do go. Do you find that in your journey, getting you to this point, being so divinely connected to who the fuck you are, do you find that you don't walk through life trying to prove yourself? You don't have to prove to others how good you are. You don't have to be right in every circumstance because you can then know your truth and others' truth? You know, that's a great question because I think if you had asked me this question five years ago, you would have got a different response. Now, because I've done the teaching and I've 
done and gone through some of the trauma work Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day I'm still human so sometimes I do still fall into those old pitfalls but what I'm recognizing more and more is that I now have a voice Mm -hmm. and I'm no longer proving my merit and Kim you may get this too someone reaches out oh just can you give me your answer to these questions so I know that you're real you know (laughs) things like this and it's just you know before it'd be like oh well I have to try and prove my worth yep Ever. And now it's like, you know what? I don't have time. If you want to book with me, you're more than welcome to check my testimonials, whatever. But I'm not a circus monkey and I refuse to do that for anyone anymore. I had a client mm-hmm. that was booking a clearing and she was like booking and canceling three different times. Oh you know, my. fear. I'm hearing this and that and something else. And I finally said, you know what? I don't think I'm the right person for you. Mm-hmm. So I think you should find someone else to do it. So mm-hmm. I think my own integrity and in knowing who and what I am and that I am good at what I do, I'm more confident now to say, like I said, I'm not the circus monkey. Yeah. I will pick and choose who I want to work with now. And, you know, I don't have to work with someone that I don't want to work with. And that's okay. Even when it comes to not working with people, though, how would you relate that to your everyday life? Well, like I said, I think it's it's made me look at things in a different way. I'm not pulled into the emotion as much as what I was because I'm so much more grounded. Where before something happened, I'm like bursting into tears and, oh my God, what did I do? And mm-hmm. But now it's very much about boundary setting and understanding what I do and do not want in my life, whether it is professionally or personally. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when you say that, it's like, I hear, I hear you're heard you, you know, what? like I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm loved. And when we can show ourselves that, then you just vibe differently, I guess you could say. Well, the love of self is, has been one of my biggest lessons in this lifetime. And I recognize it now. So, so because I know that I have limiting beliefs around there based on things I've experienced, I can now go the other side and say, you know what, maybe I need to extra nurture myself today and remind myself, yeah. you know, so I will make sure I take the time to do that. And that, you know, shifts my whole va- vibration moving forward through the day. And, and it's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Any last final words? <laughs> I'm so grateful to Spirit for bringing us together, you know, and, and them showing just a glimpse of some of the work that they want us to do and the training and helping other beautiful, intuitive, empathic beings, you know, step into their own confidence and love too, you know, because it is important with the energy we're in, but it's important for ourselves too, to learn to love ourselves because we're not taught that. Absolutely. 2024 is going to be fucking amazing. I agree wholeheartedly. I love it. Oh my God. I love you, Paula. Thank you so much for having this conversation. I could sit and talk to you for hours. This conversation has just been amazing. So this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining our conversation with Paula today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you so much for listening. So until then, this is Paula and Kim. And don't forget that you are a powerful I Am Divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.